Then here's Davis for three in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! It's the Lake Show Pod, your spot for everything Los Angeles Lakers. Get the trail. LeBron trying to bully his way in with one hand. Caruso! Games all the way in for the slam! Here comes LBJ! With your hosts, Nick Zelaya and Cameron Izaire. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. And it all starts right now. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode five of the Lake Show podcast. The California native Cameron is here and Nick Zelaya. We are 30 minutes into free agency. It's 6.30 Eastern time on Friday. And already the Lakers are making moves, planning to sign Wesley Matthews. Last season he averaged, he has solid numbers, uh, seven and a half points, two and a half rebounds. I mean... <laughs> Okay, well, I, I just want to say this about Wesley Matthews. You've got a 3 and D guy. Absolutely. He might, not, he might not be the best defender in the world, and he was awful in Milwaukee. But let's be honest, he signed a two-year, $5.5 million deal, and I don't think Milwaukee was expecting him to be a very consistent uh, starter on that team or even a very consistent player on that team or even reliable uh, to say the least. He averaged 11 on the Pacers the year before. His shooting percentage needs to get better. 37% from three a couple of years ago, 36% from three last year. Um, but again, he's a guy that can shoot even if he doesn't you know, shoot at the best clip. Caldwell Pope didn't until the playoffs. Danny Green didn't at all, but he was a guy that could play defense. So I love is what the Lakers need. This is what they need, and that's why I like it. It's going to be, just hearing this now, a one-year, $3.6 million deal. That's great. Which is perfect, yeah. It's a veteran guy with experience that can shoot the ball, that can play on guards. It's guard play, and you're only paying him $3.5 in only one year. Great deal. That's all I have to say is great deal. Um, taking a look at what else has kind of happened in the last half hour, the Heat have been the most active team so far signing Goran Dragic to a two-year, $37 million deal, which is... Okay, I was, I was a little iffy about it when I saw it, and then I realized that he was one of the leading scorers going into the playoffs on that team. And then he got hurt. Best shooters, until he got injured. And what is he? He's in his early 30s. I mean, I like that he's your starting point guard. I like that deal. Just he's coming off a foot injury. He's nearing the end of his career. It's the pay of someone that much. It's just a bit caught. I'm I'm just trying to be cautious for Pat Riley and the Miami Heat at this point. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. Help out a brother, real. <laughs> Nick, you know what this says about the Heat? They're not signing another superstar. If you're willing, okay. There's two reasons the Heat aren't signing a co-star to Jimmy Butler. First of all, I think they believe in their core. They believe in their young guys. Mm -hmm. uh, second of all, they also re-signed Myers Leonard to a two-year $20 million contract. If you're paying Myers Leonard, who barely played for you last year, which is ridiculous, he was so good on the Blazers, he was proven in the playoffs, if you're willing to pay him $10 million, he will be a, a more involved in that team, even though it's a little odd that they drafted Precious Achua and they have Bam Adebayo, and they just gave Myers Leonard 10 years for each year for the next two years. 
Uh, that's a little odd to me, but it, it proves to me that the Heat are sticking with their young guys, sticking with their guns. And they believe that even with this core, even with how strong the rest of the East has gotten, they still have a chance. So I think that's a lot to say about the Heat. Um, and yeah, those are some pretty big deals. Those are yeah. some pretty big deals. Now, I, I, wanna, I wanna talk about one, because I want you to comment on this one. Because I don't know how, what you think about it. Gordon Hayward hasn't really worked out in, in Boston only because of that catastrophic injury when he first started his, uh, his short career with the Celtics. He wants to go to the Pacers. The Knicks and the Hornets are, are looking into his contract, but he turned down $34.1 million in a player option a year and a half after his foot turned sideways. What do you think about that? I am, I was very surprised when I saw that. I mean, you are, teams are not going to offer you that much money again. You have not, he has progressed since that injury. I mean, he missed every game that year, obviously when he got hurt, but since then he has improved. He's not, he's not the all-star type player he was with the jazz, but he's improved. I don't think he's worth 30 plus million dollars again. And the thing with the Pacers is, is I don't know if they want to get rid of the pieces that they, that the Celtics would probably want. So Nick, this is what, uh, this is what the, the Pacers are offering. And this is what the Celtics want. So the Pacers are offering, I think it's McDermott and Miles Turner for Gordon Hayward. In it would be a sign and trade. I think it would be a sign and trade deal. Yeah, so yes. Make that thirty-four million. The only reason I think Gordon Hayward didn't take that money is he believes it's going to be a sign and trade, or a team will pay him that much. So you could say a smart move, but I still I'm still baffled by the fact that he turned it down. Um, who did who, who who do the Celtics want? Did you say? Yeah. So this is who the Celtics want. They want Miles Turner, but they want either Oladipo or T.J. Warren. Yeah. That's yeah, not no, happening. No, no the, not, not at all. The Pacers are going to have to maneuver something, and the issue with the deal with the Celtics is guess who wants to win now? The Boston Celtics. Absolutely. So what you're so what you're telling me is the Boston Celtics are going to take two future first round picks, a guy like Miles Turner with a lot of upside, and then McDermott, who's not even a good player. No, this, that's why the Celtics want two pseudo stars and maybe a, an upcoming superstar in TJ Warren. I don't think the Pacers are going are gonna to give that up. It no. is be a lot of negotiating, but he is the top name in the free agency market. His yeah. AD is going to re-sign with the Lakers. So I wanted to bring that name up because... No, 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 no. That's good that you did. Um, no, I do not think that uh, the Pacers should send those two because you do that you're in rebuild mode a hundred percent. And I don't think the Pacers, I think the Pacers to try to be somewhat active in free agency, try to, they were what the fourth seed last year, they lost to the heat in the first round and they're a solid team. You're going to have Victor Oladipo back. He's going to be fully healthy at this point. Now, hopefully he returns to the type of all-star player he was because we haven't seen that in a couple of years now. Um, so they should definitely try to be active in free agency and don't just blow things up right away for Gordon Hayward because he's not worth that. If we're talking about teenage looking Gordon Hayward with the long hair covering the eyes, that's a different story. That, that guy was a bucket. <laughs> he was a bucket with the jazz. But at this point, no, no, you, you can't do that. 
Um, but yeah, the top free agent, Anthony Davis is going to resound to Lakers. Ingram, he's a restricted free agent, so the Pelicans are going to match any single offer teams give him. He's staying with the Pelicans most likely. And then there's Fred Van Fleet. He's probably the next top free agent I can think of. And I guess what from what I've read, he is talking to multiple teams and is willing to sign, which makes sense. I mean, he said it, I think it was like about a month ago that he won his ring and now he feels like he deserves the money. And I think he, he could be a starting point guard on some teams. He deserves 80 to $100 million. Yes. And it, it might sound ridiculous, but again, you're paying Goran Dragic or Dragic, whatever you want to call him. You're paying him close to $20 million per year. Fred Van Vliet uh, is, uh, what, a decade younger? I don't even know, but is, is a guy that is at least five years younger, yeah. has so much more upside, and is going to be a better player next year, no matter what anyone says. Van Vliet should not stay in Toronto. A team to watch out for is a contender. And I think it starts with, we, and I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I said a team to look out for, but I, I don't know if I'm looking at a specific team because there are a lot of the top teams, but I think a contender should get Van Vliet, but I think he goes to a bottom of the pack team. I think, think so? goes, I think he goes to um, a nine to 13 uh, uh, ranked team in, in either conference, just because of the money he wants as much as a contender would want him. I look at a lot of contenders. They already have their point guards. What are the Clippers going to sign him? They can't. I mean, Bomber, Bomber's rich, but I don't think they can. I don't know if Van Vliet would even want to be in that system where he's overlooked. So, exactly. yeah, Van Vliet's a big, a big, big free agent. Huge. This is a free agent that should be taken seriously, even as an undrafted guy. Yeah, started out in the G League and then was called up to the Raptors when they needed him in the playoffs. And he was putting up 20-plus points in the finals when they needed him. I mean, you were going against Kevin Durant on one leg, Clay Thompson on one leg, um, Steph Curry, meh. Warriors probably – Warriors should have won that finals. Everyone can agree with that. But still, still, Van Vliet is an excellent point guard. He can score, um, great playmaker. He is what you – he's the typical Wichita State point guard. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was so fun watching him at Wichita with Clay Anthony early. Ron Baker. <laughs> he was my favorite player, Ron Baker. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I want to – I want to – you know, I, I don't know where he is. Because he was with the Knicks. I don't know where he went after that. Giannis whacked him with his, with his, uh, with his elbow on a, on a dunk. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk about um, – other free agents. So Ennis Cantor is going to Portland. Um, there's there's Drew Holiday, of course. That's a huge deal. We should talk about that. I mean, I was just going to name names and throw guys out there. Kelly Oubre is now on the Warriors or going to be on the Warriors. We got to talk about that Drew Holiday deal. Is he on a stay, Nick? I think so. Yeah, I agree. I think so. I think this is, this is an upgrade of Malcolm Brogdon. We saw how good this Bucks team was with Brogdon. You're adding in a guy who's 10 times better than Malcolm yeah in Drew Holiday and I wouldn't I mean I wouldn't consider this a big three if Chris Middleton Drew Holiday and Giannis Antetokounmpo but this they're gonna make some noise next year and they should have been making noise the past couple seasons but now I think they're 100% the team to beat in the Eastern Conference even with the Nets even with the Nets there I think they're the team to beat 
Nick, 19 points a game last year, 21 two years ago, 100% the team to beat in the East. And then you have the Brooklyn Nets. It's crazy. They haven't even made many moves. Uh, but one thing that, they're, that they've already discussed is bringing Joe Harris back, which is the best thing they can do. Because when you're guarding Kyrie and KD and you have one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA left open in Joe Harris, I think they bring Harris back. They're going to be lethal in the East. You can never uh, say anything against the Heat because they proved last year that they can, they can take expectations and throw them out the window. Mm-hmm. The Celtics, they look to be active. Now – are there any other moves that you're looking at that you that you see and you're like, wow, that's going to shake up the NBA? Did we miss anything? Nothing I can think of right now. I mean, one thing I'm seeing is I don't think Bogdanovich is signing with the Lakers. I guess the Hawks are very interested in Bogdanovich, but I know the, the Bucks wanted him so badly. He would have been the perfect fit for oh, Milwaukee. They need – another wing guy that can shoot threes because you have Chris Middleton, obviously Giannis can't shoot. Um, Drew Holiday's the point guard. Obviously you're gonna need him to be the playmaker on that team. But if you had gotten another wing that could shoot threes, they would have been so good, but now there's no chance they get Bogdanovich. I agree. And it's crazy to look at because free agency is really just opening up uh, at what is it? 45 minutes ago, 40 minutes ago. But one thing that I want to look at, there were some moves earlier that we're not talking about, and I just remembered it. First of all, we'll touch on the Clay Thompson injury news because that has big implications in the West. Mm-hmm. How about Chris Paul? That's right. Look at Phoenix. You have DeAndre Ayton, a young guy that actually exceeded expectations last year. Devin Booker is a top 20 player in the NBA. I don't care yes. what anyone says. If he was on a team that could contend, he would have a chance at a ring at this point. And now you're bringing in a guy that, like Chris Paul is a lot like LeBron James. He's defying his age. It didn't yeah. look like he aged at all when he went to Oklahoma City. It seemed like his swan song years, but he played great. How about Chris Paul to the Suns? I remember uh, I was listening to a podcast a few days ago. The Suns have had like 200 point guards since Steve Nash. And they haven't been able to find one that actually fit well. And Chris Paul – had arguably one of his better seasons last year with OKC. So if he can carry that momentum, I mean, Suns went 8-0 in the bubble. And they still miss the playoffs. They've got to be feeling very good going into the next year. They're going to have all this momentum going into the season. We just added another all-star point guard. We can compete in this Western Conference and be not just a middle-of-the-pack team, but near five or maybe a four seed. Right. No, that's a good point. Chris Paul averaged close to 18 points per game. He was that spark plug on that Thunder team, and it helped with a guy like Shea Gilgis-Alexander next to him. But you're putting in a more electric guy in Devin Booker by your side. And, you, you know, you're, you're pretty much cutting age in half with instead of Steven Adams, you have DeAndre Ayton as a developing team. Chris Paul's a great uh, uh, has, brings great veteran prowess to that team. Love guys like Miles Bridges. You you add, you know, you you have guys on that team that have potential, but you need a facilitator around them, and you just added that facilitator. Another guy, Cam Johnson. He right? he has been improving. Um, he went number ten. What was it twenty eighteen? A couple I years. Think. Yeah. Um, I know, I it was, last year. was it last year? I think it was last year. He went number ten. I believe. Yeah. 
You're right. I think so. But then 2018, he was on North Carolina. Yeah, then yeah, yeah. He was drafted 10th. He's, I think he'll be good for that team, just kind of as a shooter, as a defense, a 3 and D guy, what teams are looking for at this point. I'm looking at real quick at uh, Woj's Twitter account. We were talking about Dwight and JaVale. What about DeMarcus? That's a good point. He's on the market. And I think the Lakers should try to get him. If you're not going to get, if you're not going to get Dwight back, why not bring him in? He is, don't, he is so injury prone. I've never seen anyone more injury prone than DeMarcus Cousins. I know. But when he's, he's on his game, that's an all-star right there. That is a very good basketball player. And that's a, if you can get him cheap, that is a steal. Like I said, if you could, I was about to say, you make a great point. If they can get him cheap, you do it. Uh, because all he really can demand at this point is a one-year deal. Now, I don't know where DeMarcus's greed is at right now, but he might want more money, even though he hasn't proven himself in a couple of years. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you with Cuz. I don't – you know, I, I, the, only, the only reason I see him wanting that much money is to pay all those medical bills. He probably <laughs> is followed behind on. <laughs> Who knows how, many, how much all of those surgeries are worth. <laughs> Oh, Poor guy can't stay on the court for more than five games. Yeah, I did have that ACL injury when he was uh, at the tippity top with Anthony Davis on the Pelicans, and then that uh, uh, that injury with the Warriors when it looked like uh, everything was going well in the playoffs, came back in the finals, really didn't do much in 2019, a couple of years ago against yeah. the Raptors. Um, yeah, that's a good shout. I, I don't I don't mind a DeMarcus Cousins signing. They've been – They've kind of been talking about this a little bit today. How would you see Gordon Hayward on the Knicks? Okay. So I treat the Knicks like I treat um, uh, the trash system. So you have a recycling bin and you have a trash bin. You have the, you know, the black and the blue or whatever, whatever color scheme you want it. And it almost seems like, Whatever happens, this Knicks team will end up in the dumpster, no matter what, uh, whichever trash can you throw them in. But there's potential, and that's why you throw a few in the recycling bin, like an R.J. Barrett who's still young, like a guy like Obi Toppin. Could he be that recyclable player? And I'm not talking about like, you know, you can, you can use them as trade assets. I'm saying there's, there's two sides to the Knicks. The Knicks. The Nick. <laughs> the Knicks. There's awful – and there's, eh. so, but at the end of the day, the Knicks are, are, are really, really bad. Now they drop pretty much everyone on their team. Bobby Portis is gone. Uh, oh yeah. Gets- they've made up 40 something million dollars in the past 48 hours. I hate them going after Gordon Hayward. If it's a long-term deal, I hate it. Now, one thing that you can say is, well, you know, he, he adds some excitement to Madison square garden. Okay. So again, do you want to be like the Clippers and the Lakers or do you want to be like the Thunder? You know what I mean? Do you want to, do you want to reach the conference, the first round in the conference semifinal, or do you want to sign two superstars and have any chance at all to succeed and maybe go to a, to an Eastern conference final? The reason I don't go for Gordon Hayward, if I'm the Knicks, build your future. The East is way too hard. I agree. The Nets, the Celtics, even the Raptors are always surging. You have the Pacers, the Heat. I'm sorry, New York. You're not going anywhere. 
why throw everything out the window? It's a great idea, but if you're the Knicks, disappoint yourselves for a few more years. End up in the dumpster for, or the, the, uh, the landfill for a few more years. You got you to suck it in because it, you have to realize every team's getting better and you're getting worse. You can't sign one player, hope that he's good, and then maybe it's worth it for the Knicks to get the seven seed every single year. You get the seven or 11 seed every single year. But in my opinion, grow your youth. Uh, I know you have $40 million that you just opened up. But Gordon Hayward, first of all, I don't think Gordon Hayward wants to play for the Knicks. And what, you find Gordon Hayward to a three-year deal? What is that doing for you? The only, the only positives I see with Gordon Hayward signing with the Knicks is, one, the veteran press, pre, presence, yeah. obviously. And then, two, another wing guy to take some of the load off R.J. Barrett. Because R.J. Barrett, as a rookie last year, he probably had a lot of expectations – and he didn't really have someone there to teach him yeah. that entire season. He was there to learn everything himself. The guy, he had, he had a solid rookie season. He, he averaged, I think it was like 15 points per game or something. Yeah. But if they're going to open up all this cap space, make a trade or sign someone, a veteran, somebody who's worth their value, who can start, that, start for the Knicks at the point guard or the two position if you put R.J. Barrett at the three. And – have someone that can help out RJ Barrett because he's young. He's like 20 years old right now. He yeah. has such a bright future. Him and Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, they can be a core three, but you need someone there to teach RJ Barrett. So that's why I can see the Gordon Hayward. But other than that, I don't see why you would sign him. Um, he told the- kind of moving away. What? He told the Celtics, I want to play for Indiana. He has an off season home yeah. there. Yeah. So- no, it's like James Harden. Yeah. Um, the Pistons just signed Mason Plumley to a three-year, $25 million deal. They can say bye to Christian Wood. Now, you know what I love? I love this. As, as integral part of teams, I'm not saying Mason Plumley was, but as somewhat integral part of teams start mm-hmm. moving away from the Western Conference, it just makes me smile. I know, right? We're a, Lake, we're a Lakers podcast at the end of the day, and we're going to – we're gonna talk about every single team we're going to talk about how the league has built uh its way up but at the same time james harden wants out of the rockets russell westbrook wants out of the rockets houston is falling to the ground oklahoma city lives for the sixth or seventh seed they should just call that the oklahoma city seed um, the Clippers are just struggling to ever make it past a conference semifinal, but they're going, to, I think they, they reached the, the, um, the conference final this year, uh, against the Lakers. But of course, I don't know what other moves are going to be made in the Western conference. Yeah. Um, but the East, what is happening five years ago, we'd laugh at the East. And now all of a sudden, I, I want to ask you this. We're a a Lakers podcast at the end of the day. How are all these moves affecting the Lakers? Well, first, real quick for the entire NBA. I think it's good for the NBA. It's going to be even finally. Maybe go back to an Eastern Western Conference All-Star game. For the Lakers, I mean, I think it's going to be all right because, after all, you're looking at a Los Angeles destination. Players want to come play in L.A. I mean, if – you throw the Lakers 
throw the team into San Francisco or Sacramento. It's a different story. Guys don't want to go to Northern California. It's, it's cold there. You're playing in Los Angeles. You're in Hollywood. Guys will want to come play regardless of the situation. And I mean, the Lakers hadn't made the playoffs since 2013. LeBron still wanted to come here and he had a rough season his first year. He got hurt and the Lakers didn't make the playoffs, but it's Los Angeles. Guys want to stay here. I think the Lakers are going to be fine overall, um, but they're obviously going to have to adjust to all these players wanting to play elsewhere. And it just all goes back to Anthony Davis. Because if you have Anthony Davis, that's going to help the Lakers a lot. But if he decides to leave for some reason in a year or two, I don't want to say anything. If he wants to leave this year, if he goes somewhere else this year, it just shocks everyone. I, I, I got I to change the Christmas list if that happens. <laughs> the Christmas gift list. Because <laughs> that will be a big issue. Um, but I think the Lakers overall will be fine just because they're in Los Angeles, the, one of the biggest cities in the country where players want to come play. I, what I wanted, I, I, was, I was expecting to get this out of you. It just seems like the, the, uh, the how do I put this? Is it like the source of power, however you want to put it, is shifting over to the Eastern Conference and is making things so much better and easier for the Lakers. If the Clippers stay pat, the Lakers are still a better team especially the addition of Schroeder, especially the addition of, of Wes Matthews. If Denver stays pat, the Lakers are the same team. They're still the better team. If Houston, I agree. If Houston crumbles, Oklahoma City does pretty much the same, and you have teams in limbo like, like the Pelicans and, and, and teams that really don't know what they're – like relatively what they're doing – it just seems like the path is getting a lot easier for the Lakers and you love to see it because everyone's moving over to the East. If James Harden wants to leave the Rockets, it's not like he's looking at a Western conference destination. He's looking over to the East. A big spot for a lot of free agents is the Knicks because they have so much money. That's in the East. The path will be, the path will be easier. I think right now, but if the Lakers don't win now looking a couple years in advance you have the pelicans i that's a good core i think they're going to be a legit team in the western conference the grizzlies i think they're going to be a very good john morant is a freaking good basketball player he is that team is going to be legit because you got jaron jackson there too he's going to involve into a good player the lakers need to every year just look at the situation and be like how do we get better Mm-hmm. You got it. You have to get guys that fit roles and vacancies that are holes that will make you a better team. It's really not about adding superstars. You don't really need it. But if you need a three and D guy, get a guy like Wesley Matthews. If you need a center, get a guy like DeMarcus Cousins. Find guys in free agency that will fit holes on your team. Wow. So, I mean, free agency is just starting. And what one thing real quick Go ahead. I mean, maybe maybe we'll do it we'll do another one after this hectic weekend because i'm sure Woj probably has 10 portable chargers ready for him <laughs> um the one guy i want the lakers to get it's not my, not really a three and d guy but jeremy grant it's a good one it's a good one a little, little syracuse bias but i he had a really good postseason and could help the lakers a lot 
a lot of potential came from did he went from did he went from did he go from OKC to Denver or was that his brother that was on OKC? Either way, he was on Denver. Big part of that Denver yeah. team hit a lot of big shots, especially against the Lakers. Would be a great addition to that team and would of course strengthen uh, this Los Angeles core. Now free agency is just getting started, and we know you'll enjoy it. We know that we'll enjoy it, and we're gonna. You know we're gonna keep these rolling, and, and it, hopefully the the Lakers find a few more pieces, and hopefully the East just keeps getting stronger because that just means that the Lakers just need to uh, follow little, the little jog to the finals. Exactly, they just have to follow the <laughs> follow uh, the, the yellow brick road, right? Yep. <laughs> so that's episode five. We're talking a lot about free agency, and that won't stop until training camp begins. That won't stop until the season starts. And we'll talk a lot more about free agency in the next episode. And I think that Nick and I should break down the new playoff format with the seventh, mm. eighth, ninth, and tenth seed. You'll mm, see more teams for the Lakers to beat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'll see that all on our next episode. For Nick Zelaya. I'm the California native Cameron Zip. We'll see you soon.